Welcome back to Locked On Giants Baseball, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Kaspic, and I'm thrilled to be with you again today. On this show, we provide episodes three days a week, normally Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. This week, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday. And normally, normally, when we're having a normal baseball season, this is a daily show Monday through Friday. And on this show, we talk about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data-driven and rational, but also insightful and easily digestible, easy for everyone to understand. And coming up on today's show, as we promised yesterday, we're going to talk a little bit about Giants draft picks. They did reportedly come to terms with one of their draft picks, although nothing has been officially announced. And we're also going to provide some updates about the ongoing labor dispute uh, between Major League Baseball and the Major League Baseball Players Association. There's definitely new developments, uh, including one that happened just as we were getting ready to record. In addition, there was just a fascinating piece by Jason Stark in The Athletic today that I want to talk about some of the points that were made, and he has lots of quotes from people in the game talking about what might happen now and in the future because of what's going on with these disputes. So I think the main piece of news to discuss right now, or just the biggest kind of thing we're going to talk about all day, is this tweet by John Heyman, which came out at 10.34 a.m. Pacific time today, that MLB Commissioner Rob Manfred and Players Union Chief Tony Clark had what's being called a productive meeting face-to-face in Arizona meeting was called at Manfred's request. So that is huge news. As I said yesterday, I feel like the owners kind of lost a ton of leverage here when the players essentially called their bluff and said, okay, we're done trying to deal with you. Just tell us where and when. And the owners were like, wait, hold on, wait a second. We actually don't want to just implement a schedule. We need an agreement. And so when you come to someone saying, we need an agreement with you, You've lost a lot of leverage. And so Manfred calls a meeting with Union Chief Tony Clark, and that meeting was quote unquote productive. And so, you know, that's the first we've heard of these sides having any kind of productive relationship in a long time. And so I'm optimistic. I think that, you know, Manfred saying he's not sure there will be a season, maybe somewhat is more of posturing and just you know, a delay tactic, as we mentioned yesterday. But I still think that, you know, these two sides have a lot on the line and both sides, as we've known all along, want there to be games. So this is an ongoing developing situation. We'll have more updates. We'll probably get some leaks about what that meeting was about. And I do anticipate that they'll be able to reach an agreement. Perhaps I'm being a little bit naive, but uh, I think there's too much on the line and both sides want it to happen. The players have leverage. I do believe if they were willing to take an additional pay cut, they probably could gain quite a bit. And on the flip side, if the um, players are not going to budge from their demands for prorated pay no matter what, then we could see the league come away with some key new changes in their best interests like expanded postseason which we've heard talked about, you know, it was part of multiple proposals, even that the players were offering. We're talking about 16 teams in the postseason 
this year and next year. That's just a, a huge change. How the league would benefit from that is the increased television revenue from more postseason games. So I also want to just mention that there was a very informative piece written by Matt Swartz of MLB Trade Rumors. Matt Swartz is a labor economist who has researched and published on MLB labor markets for over a decade at websites including the Hardball Times, Fangraphs, and Baseball Prospectus, as well as at MLB Trade Rumors. He's the one who created the arbitration salary salary projection model for MLB Trade Rumors and co-created the Sierra pitching statistic available at Fangraphs. So an authority on the subject. I mean, I think that a lot of times people have opinions and, and make statements about what's going on, but they don't actually fully have a concrete understanding of all the different forces at play. But I think that uh, Matt Swartz does. He has consulted for a major league team since 2013, and in his everyday job, he's an economist in the cable industry. So anyway, the post is called MLB Collective Bargaining and Risk Sharing. And in it, he breaks down how he sees the perceived problem by the MLB Players Association in very simple terms. And in essence, it comes down to the fact that the owners are continually requesting that the players assume the downside risk associated with lower ticket revenue in 2020. And he says, part of the reason I suspect this is offensive to players is that owners have benefited substantially in recent years from upside risk associated with television revenue and little to none has found its way into player salaries. He goes on to point out that television revenue comes into teams no matter how the team is performing, but ticket revenue is closely correlated with the performance of the team. And so uh, teams pay players based on ticket revenue because that's what the players can influence. If a good player brings theoretically more wins that lead to more tickets being sold. But when the teams are also bringing in huge revenues from television deals and the players are not getting a cut, it's fundamentally unfair that the players have to assume that downside risk of lower ticket revenues with no fans in the stands, but they don't get a piece of the upside risk of ticket revenues. And so Swartz makes the simple kind of suggestion that all these sides need to do is figure out how the players can get a piece of television revenue so that they have that a share of that upside risk so they don't have to just take on all of the downside risk associated with the lower ticket revenues when the owners benefit from all of the upside risk with the television revenues. He says, now is the time for the players to request this. Now is the time for the owners to offer this. It need not even be for 2020. That ship may have sailed already, but by right now, there is downside risk associated with empty seats associated with 2021. If owners want players to assume lower salaries in such a situation, they should make an offer to give the players a piece of future television revenue growth now. Otherwise, the player will again, players will again be asking the owners the same question next year. Why should we accept this downside risk? So anyway, it's definitely worth a read, and I just wanted to point that out. And coming up in the second half of the show, we'll talk more about this a little bit, but also about the Giants draft and kind of plugging their prospects into their 
top 10 in the organization and kind of seeing where guys fit and also some news about a player who reportedly signed after being drafted by the Giants. In the middle of a pandemic and stay-at-home orders, what do you do when you have an unbearable headache and you feel like you can't go out safely? Well, it was Postmates to the rescue for me. Within a matter of 15 or 20 minutes after opening the Postmates app and placing my order, somebody had delivered medicine to my front door, walked outside with my gloves, took the medicine out, wiped it off with some sanitary wipes, and 20 minutes after making the order, there I was taking the pill and my headache was gone in another half hour. And it's not just medicine that Postmates can deliver. If you're like me, you probably start thinking about what to eat for dinner while you're eating lunch. In my house, we love food, and that's why we love using Postmates. But I kind of love them even more right now because I can get food delivered without leaving the house or even opening the door. Postmates created non-contact deliveries, so now when I order from local restaurants, everything gets left right outside my door. They also have Postmates Pickup, which you can use to order takeout from your favorite local restaurants. We need to be supporting our neighborhood spots right now. I've only been ordering local because it's a great way to support the community. As I said, they don't just deliver burgers and sushi. They actually make life easier by picking up everything I need from Walgreens or 7-Eleven and dropping it right outside my door. Download Postmates on iOS or Android, find your favorites, and get everything you want delivered within an hour. For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download the app and use code LOCKEDON. That's code locked on for $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. All right, as promised here in the second half of the show, we'll wrap up this discussion on uh, the contentious talks between MLB and the MLBPA, and we'll talk about Giants draft picks, where they fit in the team's top prospects list and a report about a signing of one of the draft picks. So just wrapping up the discussion in regards to the talks between MLB and the MLBPA, Ken Rosenthal has confirmed that those two sides did in fact meet in Arizona. It's not just the two sides. We're talking about the commissioner of baseball and the players union chief, Tony Clark. So I'm optimistic that that is going to lead to some positive results. I really do want to talk about that Jason Stark piece in The Athletic previewing um, what he, you know, the possible 2020 season or no 2020 season. And then he talks about what the offseason might look like. And all, all the while he has quotes from team employees, executives, player agents. So some really good sources. And it's quite a doomsday scenario kind of across the board. So there's some really interesting stuff to take out of that. He looks at the, as I said, upcoming offseason and then next season and then the following offseason. He looks at all of those different scenarios. One of the key takeaways, and I'll kind of tease this, and I think I want to talk more about it on Friday, but one of the key takeaways was that this offseason, team officials are expecting some big changes. Like in the article, Stark quotes somebody saying that they expect possibly around 300 non-tenders, just ridiculous amount of non-tenders of arbitration-eligible players, and perhaps some of the biggest stars in the game taking one-year deals in free agency. He mentions Mookie Betts and 
George Springer as guys who could have to settle for one-year deals. And that this could be a huge opportunity for a team that's willing to zig while everyone else is zagging. And to me, the Giants are a team more than most other teams. There are a handful of teams, maybe the Dodgers and the Yankees and some others, who might be willing to zig while everyone's zagging. But I would definitely put the Giants in that category as a team that's willing and able to spend even when it might not seem like the best idea. They wanted to take on Giancarlo Stanton's contract. They tried to sign Bryce Harper for $310 million. None of that money ever got spent. They have players whose contracts are expiring in the short term. So if Mookie Betts is like out there struggling to get a one-year deal, the San Francisco Giants could definitely step in and you know, redefine their franchise with some free agent signings next, next offseason if that's the economic landscape that exists. So it's going to be fascinating. I definitely want to talk more about that piece later. But for now, I want to, as promised, talk about the Giants draft picks. So we did get a report from Mark DeLucci on Twitter saying that the Giants agreed to a $2.5 million bonus with third-round selection Kyle Harrison. Although DeLucci says that it's around $2.5 million. He, of course, uh, Harrison, of course, had a commitment to UCLA and was taken 85th overall, which has a slot value of $710,700. So it's a big overslot signing, if in fact it's correct. But if this is true, then it makes sense. Some of the picks that seem to be reaches to an extent, like Jimmy Glowenke, you save money on those picks and you pay over slot on a guy like Kyle Harrison. Giants have also made a couple of undrafted free agent signings, two at this point. We'll talk more about them at a later date. And then in regards to where some of these draft picks fit into the top 10 in the Giants system, Fangraphs is soon to plug in Giants uh, draftees into their top prospects list. Uh, We don't know exactly where they're going to be, but expect that to get put out in the coming hours. And then Jim Callis, senior writer for MLB Pipeline on MLB.com, was asked where he would put Patrick Bailey and Kyle Harrison in the Giants' top 30 prospects list. And he said, off the top of my head, inclined to put Bailey at six between Seth Corey and... Alex Canario, and Harrison somewhere in the 11 to 15 range. So that's interesting, and it'll be cool to see where Fangraphs puts uh, Bailey and others as well. But that sounds about right. So we'll, con- we'll provide updates as those come about where these guys slot into Giants' top prospects lists, and of course the ongoing dispute between MLB and the MLBPA, and then that Jason Stark article. So that'll be coming up on Friday. Remember to get this show three days a week. You need to hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so already. Once again, my name is Ben Kaspik. You can follow me on Twitter at Ben Kaspik. That's K-A-S-P-I-C-K. That wraps up this edition of Locked On Giants. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked On Fantasy Baseball. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. 
Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.